What's up, guys? Welcome back to Steady Talk Podcast. Uh, this is episode 10. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Go on our Instagram um, and check out um, our link tree on there. Uh, you can also find my personal Instagram and Chandler's personal Instagram on there, as well as our Patreon if you would like to donate to help out uh, with any equipment and stuff as we get going. Um, we're nearing the end of season one. And so, um, excited for um, our guest today. Um, I we're, we were already getting a little rowdy before yeah. we started, before, talking, yeah, we about started talking about business <laughs> and everything before, so we were already starting to go a little off, off topic, so we wanted to make sure we got into this. But uh, I'll go ahead and let Chandler introduce our guest, and we'll get things rolling. Yeah, so good friend of mine, Sean Staples, I used to, I worked for him for one summer and briefly, and he's just, he's a hustler, like... I want to say relates a lot to like the mindset that Connor and I have and about like not only life but just the way you need to carry yourself and things like that and he's based and we're just excited to get in the mind of like a true entrepreneur that kind of took a risk on himself we're gonna talk about that a little bit as well and just like where he's at now and like some of the struggles some of the pros some of the cons and some things to know before I guess starting your own business if you're truly uh, going to take the next step. Yeah, so Sean, if you want to introduce yourself um, and your business and things like that. Sure, yep. Uh, so as Chandler said, name is Sean Staples. I own a business called KC Party Rentals. Uh, it is a, a business here in the Kansas City area that serves all sorts of different party rental needs. Uh, we do a lot of kids' parties, um, but also now getting into more of the wedding side of things, so bigger tents, tables, chairs, um, some other things, decor, things that go along with that. But uh, eight years in business, uh, started it from scratch myself, um, and yeah, so far so good. I've grown uh, no less than, I think our lowest year was 51% year over year, So um, and I've been self-employed for three years, uh, so I was it was kind of my side hustle for the first five years, um, and then turned that into uh, a career, so to speak, uh, awesome. about three years ago. So. So what were you doing then before, I guess for those first five years, since you're doing KC Party Rentals, what, what was your, I guess, your main source, main source of income? Yeah. So uh, again, this was kind of my, my grind on the side or, or, or whatever. Um, and so I, I'm a pretty educated person. Uh, I have a, an undergrad degree and a, and a master's degree in finance uh, from local university, UMKC here. Uh, so that's always what I, I always worked in the corporate world until that point. So uh, a lot of um, of financial analyst type roles for the yeah. most part. So worked for telecom. I worked in several several different uh, comp- with several different companies over the course of what, ten to fifteen years before I kind of got this going. So, um, but yeah, that's that's like I said, I, I started that, and then I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I think my dad grew up. Um, as an entrepreneur, so he had his own business, and so I kind of got to see some of the business side of things. Um, and uh, again, just for whatever reason, I, I, I didn't like corporate world. It wasn't yeah, for me. Yeah. It wasn't I, for me. I, I totally I, agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't uh, into somebody telling me what I had to do at all times. Um, and I think a lot of part of it, it comes off as um, unsincere. So I think a lot of people pretend like they, they care about the company or whatever, when yeah. the reality is it's just a paycheck for most people. So uh, to to it's almost like being fake. Yeah, you know, like I don't I don't want to I don't want to take instructions. The harsh reality of it all. 
Yeah, and they you know they have to impress their boss, and that person has to sure. impress their boss, and so they're they're saying things that they have to say, but they may or may not believe those things. So yeah. it comes across to me. It's and just, then they keep people around. They'll buy tons of pizza. And <laughs> all the you can do what you got to do to keep people around, especially yeah, these days. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess how was was this an idea that just came about one day, or I guess yeah, what was because I mean everybody. Has an idea. Has an idea of yeah, for sure. creating a second form of income, but a lot of people. So how was it? Like, what clicked for you, or what made you choose your niche, or like, what yeah. made you see the, the lack of? <laughs> I feel need like that's or, probably the biggest, or really the hardest. You got to find the right need, which is the hardest part. Yeah, or, or see that you can do business model probably better. Yeah, I, I think that. Um, and that's probably one thing I didn't do a ton of from the very beginning was a lot of. Uh, competition analysis you know of course when you're going to get a loan or when you're trying to get a loan for your business they're going to want a business plan and that's part of uh, you know part of your analysis is okay who are my competitors and and things along those lines but I'll be honest I, I didn't do a ton of that um, you know I probably had a few ideas when I was first starting out uh, looking for you know a side hustle or whatever uh, this came about because I had a daughter and I rented one for for one of my part for one of her parties and so I, uh, you know, I was like, man, I just paid 300 bucks and this guy was here 15 minutes and he came back and picked it up and he was only there 15 minutes. So I was like, so I was like, the margins have to be decent, right? So then you start doing some research and I, I you know, I joined some forums and start reach, uh, understanding what, what kind of, you know, a little bit of the numbers because that's what, you know, my background is, exactly. is the numbers yeah, side of things. Sure. So, you know, I look at a lot of things from a purely data statistical for analysis sure. type yeah. perspective, uh, but you know, like I said, I started running the numbers and I was like, okay, I could do this. And I think a lot of times, if you're, especially if you're looking at a service-related business, so this is people are involved in this. We're not delivering a product per se, right? Sure. It's, it's not a, I'm not building something from scratch and sending it, shipping it off to a consumer. I'm providing a service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there are always going to be those ways to improve upon somebody else's process or just take a small chunk of the market, right? Yeah. Like I, I, you know, originally I don't know that I ever had plans that this would grow to as big as it is now even, um, especially not the first few years. I mean, those were, uh, you know, a little different. Didn't, sure. know, didn't know what to expect from those. But, um, you know, it worked out for the best, and now I'm uh, my own boss. So. so what's it been like, I guess, knowing that when you wake up every morning, you don't have to answer to anybody but yourself? It's good and bad, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 certainly nice that I can make my own schedule for the most part. I mean, I, I've got to obviously help out and there, I play my certain role within my within my company. There are certain things that I expect of myself and I, I at the end of the day, it's my livelihood. So I have to uh, make sure that those other folks are, are doing what they need to do as well. Um, so there is some risk involved that those people are going to show up. They're going to do their job. They're going to do their job well. Right, mm-hmm. and, and then of course you want some of those people that are going to do their job above and beyond, yeah. so that you can find out who you want to help, you know, bring up with you to the next level type Absolutely. type information. Yeah. But for the most part, it's great. You know, one of the reasons that I did take the leap that I did was that I have uh, kids, mm-hmm. and we have so many activities, and for there's sure. always something going on. You know, like I, I've got four girls, and so it's it's there's always something, whether it's practice, a musical, whatever. You know, it's five nights of the week. There's something so. Um, and sometimes during the day. So I needed that freedom to be able to run them to practices, to be able to take them to a doctor's, yeah. you know. And, and granted, uh, over the last few years, you know, a lot of corporate world jobs have become a little bit more, more flexible. More flexible. Sure. Yeah, working from home. I mean, before even I left the corporate world, I was working from home for the last two to three years. 
So four days a week I would work from home and one day a week I would go in the office. So, because um, oftentimes I was working with people from different parts of the country anyway. Yeah. So it didn't really make sense for me to have to go into the office. But, uh, no, the freedom the freedom is why we do this, right? Like there's yeah. there's a lot of freedom, but at the same time there's a lot of responsibility and you yeah. know, people don't see the hours necessarily that you always put in. You know, you may not be sitting in the, at your desk in your warehouse or in my case, but... Uh, there's stuff that's always going on, whether it's on my phone, a phone call, routing something from my computer at home. You know, there's just always something that, that needs to come up or that does come up. They say, like, when you become an entrepreneur, you got it's you, you end up working more than you did before, but it's kind of your passion and your motivation that drives you and knowing that, like, not only is it a risk, like you said, but it's an opportunity to, like, break free from... I guess the the hold that yeah. I'm doing it by choice now, yeah. right? Like I'm doing it because exactly. because I want to. And at the end of the day, my name is is what's behind all of this. My brand, yeah. Casey Party Rentals. You know, it's it's behind. Uh, again, it's my livelihood. It's what I do as a hundred percent of my income. So um, minus some other you know small investments and things like that. But it is uh, so. It's up to me whether it succeeds or fails. And again, that's a lot of pressure. But um, no, you know they say no guts no glory yeah. you know like that's kind of that's it's where it is and and at the end of the day i would much rather put that pressure on myself than have to worry about somebody else succeeding for me to succeed yeah. right yeah. i mean yeah these big companies that i've worked for there's they're not going you know they're not going anywhere they you know may have a bad couple of years or whatever with pandemics and things like that but the reality is they're so large they're that they're not going under per se yeah um but i would rather i'd rather take more of the risks to get more of the reward uh did so, did did COVID affect your business at all? Did it scale it? Did it? Yeah. So, uh, interestingly enough, COVID actually helped me. Okay. So, uh, well, first of all, let me start that. Like I said, that I was this was my side hustle for five years. Right. right before COVID hit and uh, you know kind of shut the world down or whatever, is when I quit my last corporate world job. Okay. That was the year that I was going to hey, do it. There you go. Two to three months before COVID happened, I quit. COVID happens, and I'm going, oh, oh. shit. <laughs> You know, what did I just do? Now, my background allows me the freedom to go back anytime I need to to the corporate world probably. The education, the experience that I've got, the world experience that I have, especially now even, you know, I think it's one of the most valuable things even in a corporate setting. Um, You know, that just that mindset of I've had to play, I've had to wear all of the hats before. Yeah, I can be a finance guy, but yeah, I could probably help out on the marketing sales side if I needed to. I could help out on the operations side. Yeah. 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 So, but COVID actually, um, it shut us down for about six to seven weeks completely. We didn't have a single thing because nobody knew what COVID was at that time. Yeah. yeah, You know, nobody was allowed to leave their house more or less. Um, But from from there on out, it it kind of exploded. It you know it 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 was outside was the only place that people felt comfortable. And so for the last two years, that has still been the case for the most part. And so. <laughs> between between that and then you know the, the economy kind of uh, once everybody realized they could go outside and things like that they were spending more money and more time on outside activities and things like that sure. uh, so it actually like I said it helped my business quite a bit I think the first year that COVID hit I think we grew it was one of the slower years but I still think it was like 57 or 60 percent something like that I'd have to go back to awesome. look uh, and then last year was like 120 130 percent growth so uh, so, so well. I'm gonna ask a like a finance question just because. It is like, it could be younger, or just anyone trying to start a business. What's the process like getting a business loan or like applying for business lines of credit and things like that? Because me personally, 
it's still like I know about it somewhat, but I'm still trying to learn about it because there's a lot to learn about, you know, differences between certain types of loans, credit lines for your business, all sorts of those things. Yeah. So I started with about 20,000. Okay. Um, so I didn't need a huge loan. Um, and at the time, sadly enough, I guess I did need 20,000. Like I was trying to borrow that 20,000. Now, the last, what, three, five, ten years, I don't know exactly how, how long to go back and look at interest rates, but money has been super cheap to borrow. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people say, stay away from debt as you're growing your business and things like that. And I didn't see it that way. Uh, I, I, saw, I saw debt as a way to leverage to get me more than I could afford on my own. And at a low interest rate, I didn't feel like I was risking too much. Probably, yeah. yeah. Now, if I'm going to go borrow against a credit card at you know 15 to 20 percent, that's a completely different story. Yeah. Uh, but when you can get, or when you could have got potential loans at three to five percent, mm-hmm. to me, uh, you know, do you want to bet on getting that kind of return? I, I'm going to bet on myself every time to get that sure. kind of return. Yeah. So, um, but the the whole process of me getting a loan to. <laughs> Funny enough, the, the the original story for me getting my loan is I, I typed up a business plan and everything else, sent it to a local bank here, and they turned me down. Um, and they probably turned me down because in my original business plan, I, I think I started it with, uh, this business plan isn't worth more than the paper that it's written on. Those are my exact words. And that may be why I got turned down, honestly. And, and who knows if they even read the, any, any of it. Uh, but I went on to say basically that I can have all of these plans and ideas in my head about how things are going to go. But if I am not good enough to make proper decisions and adjust on the fly as things happen, then this plan means nothing. Yeah. And so that's the approach that I took. And that's, that is the truth. And it's to me anyway, that's my truth of, yeah. of any yeah. business person. You have to be able to adjust a one, three, five year plan, one year, maybe three to five year plans. You start getting pretty sketchy. Unless you're in a super sustainable, large-scale business that is expecting, you know, three to five percent growth, when you're expecting to grow fifty to a hundred percent a year, or you want to, you know, a hundred percent versus one hundred and twenty-five or one hundred fifty percent may just be a difference of a few contracts or a few jobs or you know, sales, whatever. So, um, so the only way that I, I got turned down again, local bank, fairly conservative. Uh, I went to, I had a pretty good credit score, if nothing else, at that time. And so, and still do, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, I think I applied for a, uh, a a loan based on my credit. So there was no uh, backing. I didn't yeah. need any collateral for the loan. And so it was like literally 15 or 20 grand, whatever I needed. And it was probably a little bit higher than what was standard at the time, but six or 7%, but I didn't have to go through the entire loan process. Yeah. So I think I may have even said it was going to be used for a car at that time. But because my credit was so good, they didn't care. They didn't really. Yeah, so they didn't, they're not going to look back into it. They weren't holding a, that car as collateral for the loan. Uh, they trusted my behavior in the past to to get that. So, and again, it was a pretty small amount, fifteen to twenty grand uh, in the grand scheme of things it in really life. Isn't really isn't much yeah. at all, especially to a bank. It, you know, that's nothing. And that may have also <laughs> been why the local bank turned me down because it just wasn't big enough for them to yeah. make any real money on it at all. Yeah. So that's I, I again I, I you know. May have fibbed just a little bit to, to get that loan, but I, I got that loan and I went down to to Dallas, Texas, and bought some things used and brought it back and go. got my website yeah. going. And that was going to be my next question. So you drove all the way to Dallas to just buy some used um, inflatables. Inflatables. Yep. Yeah. So I went down to Dallas, Texas, bought eight inflatables. Uh, I already had an idea based on my research. Uh, I wanted to. One of the big things was me for me was to automate everything because I was again this was my side hustle. Mm-hmm. So I. Um, I automated as much as I could as far as having my customers 
customers be able to book themselves. Mm -hmm. So my software can do all of that. And about 50 to 60% of my customers still do that. So I don't necessarily even talk to, again, half those customers yeah, yeah, yeah. when they book to me they and just, until yeah. a couple of days before their event where we do a confirmation call just to remind them of things that are going on. Hey, we're going to be here around this time. The weather looks good. Yeah. So uh, that, that was important to me, especially being able to or still have to do my, my nine to five or whatever, sure. whatever yeah. it was at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, there were times during the last couple of years of my corporate job where I was literally just taking phone calls, you know, just hiding in my, yeah. my cubby at, in, in, in the <laughs> office trying to to be as quiet as I could so people wouldn't ask questions and you know things like that so uh, that's always been something I've tried to do automate as much as I can uh, of my processes to make it as efficient as possible for me I got you so um, do you have a certain number of employees right now or are you just doing it all on your own or uh, I know yeah. you're, we were talking before how you're like scaling now like trying to get a bigger warehouse and things like that so yeah. that's probably going to take yeah, so uh, right now, obviously, it's it's the middle of November, and mm -hmm. so this is oh, cool. <laughs> it's a little chilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do a few things here and there. Uh, so right now, I've probably only got five or six employees around that I keep, um, and I'll keep those folks busy for most of the winter, or if not, I'll pay them to stick around with me because I need them for next year. Type sure. thing. Sure. That is the one of the toughest parts, and we may get into that, but that's one of the tougher parts about the job is being seasonal like I am. I mean, 90% of my income comes from... Uh, from April through October, probably year 80, 80 to 90% of my, sure. of my revenue comes between those, those six or seven months. So that is the, that is one of the more difficult parts to do. But in the summer, uh, you know, on a Saturday, we may have 14 to 15 guys working, uh, plus me, you know, plus another four or five guys off, you know, or yeah, other people like our office managers not working on the weekends and things like that. Right. But yeah, so we'll, we'll carry anywhere between 20 and 25 employees through a typical summer, May through close to October is probably. Yeah. So now the number of inflatables you said was around nine or seven? seven? Yeah, 75, 70, 75, something like that. Okay. Uh, with another 30 to 40 tents probably. Um, and then just all sorts of other accessories and whatnot, games and things like that to go with it. Yeah. So. Did it all like start out like putting your stuff in a storage unit and then... Start out in my garage. In your garage. Yeah. 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 I would, you know, and that would be my advice to anybody looking to start something like keep your overhead as low as you can as long as possible. Yeah. So whether it's a garage, whether it's a storage unit, whatever, friends, family, whatever, they, you know, you got a barn nearby, whatever you can do to try to keep that overhead as possible or as low as possible. Uh, because once you start scaling, things get expensive quickly. Trucks, yeah. tra like for me, trucks, trailers, yeah. Yeah. warehouses. Uh, all that stuff starts adding up very, very quickly. In in my job, since it's a privately owned company, I can kind of see a little more visibility from the top down, and I I, I I'm in, I, I like seeing that because it helps you know how to run a business and things like that. You can learn from your mentors and things like that, and that's been our biggest thing this year, honestly, has been overhead, not buying stock or something for for material, but just all the fixes that we've had to make this year. You know, the replacements of blades you know, things breaking. I So I completely understand and I, I get how as you scale, it comes down fa real fast and it can add up really quick. So you automated things. What else did you do to keep it low? You had a garage. What else did you try and do? Uh, I did most of the work myself, obviously. Okay. So that, yeah. I mean, that's probably yeah. the biggest thing too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is do as much as you can, as long as you can until either you physically can't or you, you've grown so much that you, you know, you physically can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the items that we do are heavy in nature for the most part. Most of them weigh between four and 600 pounds, uh, which is 
can be done by one guy a lot of times, especially if you're in decent shape. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, with all the other guys, I'll send two guys. Like I'll send two guys, at least two guys per truck. Sometimes three if it's bigger stuff than that even. So, um, but as far as starting from the beginning, you know, I, you look for efficiencies is, is what I was looking for. So what can I do to help make this easier on myself? You know, you start looking at, I've got, now I've got five, I think five powered dollies. Cool. So the dollies that we have are, are not your traditional two-wheel dolly that you might mm-hmm. see a mover with or something like that. There's four to six wheels on each one of them, and as you lean back, it falls on two more wheels. Nice. So, uh, so like electric powered. And now, yeah, four or five of them are electric powered. So you know, it's it's the things like that too that will help keep guys around. Efficiency. That it, yeah. Well, it, it's efficiency, but it's also not killing them. Wearing, yeah, wearing them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you can make things easier on them, um, the more likely they are to to stick around too. So that's a uh, yeah, do things as long as you can on your own. Try to stay as small as you can until you either make, want to make that leap or, uh, you know, or you just can't anymore. Since you're talking about, like, em- employees and, like, you are, you're, like, their, their boss, their leader, mm-hmm. how's how's that? Like, what is, what, what's your experience with that and, like, what, what's some advice you have on that? I mean, just, like, being in the hot seat, you know, being the leader, because that's, that's something that, you know, as your business grows that people don't really think about, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, as you grow, you start to take on your friends might come work for you, but now that now you're kind of their boss. But and then also like their homie. And so it's, it's so, so it's, you know, like that, you know, what's that like? So that's, that's exactly my scenario. My, one of my best friends growing up is, is my other, he's, he's one of my managers. He's my ops manager. So his job is to help me uh, get things rotted for the guys, make sure everybody stays on task, you know, make sure that all the trucks leave at a certain time, they have their routes and know what to do. Uh, and a lot of times it's us out there on routes with some of those guys, you know. Um, I, I would love to say that I, I don't work at all and I'm just in the office Monday 9 to 5 type scenario or whenever I want to be, uh, yeah. but that's not the, that's not the case as, a, as an entrepreneur. So a couple of those guys don't show up and it's like, okay, I'm on a truck by myself now. That's kind of sucks, you know, but, yeah. but, uh, as you can see, like, I, you know, I, I showed up dirty today because I, I was in the, I was in the warehouse working, but to answer your question, I think, uh, it managing employees and finding employees right now is the most difficult part of the job. To For me. sure. I, I, my other, I guess maybe weakness, I guess of mine is that I tend to give people too much leniency. I want to believe that they're a good person. I want to believe that they're going to show up when they, you know, didn't show up their last shift. You know, I want to give them one more chance and one more chance and one more chance. And part of that is because I do want to believe the best in people. Uh, but part of it is because right now employees have their employers by the ball, you know, sorry, but by the balls more yeah. or less. Yeah. They can do what they want when they want. Demand certain things like. Uh, you know, to a certain extent, not not every com- not every company has to give in, but smaller companies especially, and those that rely on cheaper labor, uh, it is it is difficult. And I'm not saying that we're cheaper labor. I mean, a lot of our guys make 16 to 25 bucks an hour. I like, guess not bad money, especially no, a lot of the guys. It's not full time. A lot of them are younger. You know, high school kids, college kids, especially in the summer. Uh, you know, get some cash and some tips and things like that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did it. yeah it's like, it's it's not it's not bad money at all, but. Uh, managing people is, is the most difficult part. Um, I would say that this year that was probably one of my uh, weakest or weaknesses, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this year is something I, I I need to do a better job of it next year. And so I'm you know I'm already trying to think about what am I going to do next year to attract more and better employees, but then also more. Um, and I think you know some of it's just communication. Our job uh, or my business in general is not the easiest to schedule. Uh, there are lots of moving pieces, sure. and even on a short window. 
So I can get an order on a Thursday that needs to go down a Saturday. And so if I don't have guys already scheduled, then I'm, you know, I've got to move things around or add another guy or you know, move, move items on trucks and things like that. Um, so I need my employees to be a little bit flexible as well. And I think that can be challenging. Uh, and again, it is seasonal. Mm-hmm. And you think about the business and, and general events, when are events happening? Thursday through Sunday, yeah. for the most part. I mean, Usually weddings. Or yeah, stuff. Saturdays. I mean, Saturdays obviously where sure. probably sixty percent of our <laughs> our revenue comes from a lot of times. But um, so it, it's it's difficult to manage the employees also because of that. So that's not their fault, and it's not even my fault. It's just the industry. So you got to figure out, okay, how do I how do I manage that? What can I do to put processes and procedures in place to help manage that a little better? Mm-hmm. Do I shut? Do I stop taking bookings at a certain time? Yeah. Do I stop stop maybe a week out, and then say, well, if you're if you're less than a week, then it's going to cost you either a, you know a big last second penalty, or you're going to come pick it up yourself, or or you know or what? Something, so yeah, yeah. yeah so that's what we're working on over the winter. I mean, uh, you know, I mentioned it's very seasonal, but this is also nice because it is slower and it's it gives me time to think about those things for sure. So. But it seems like you're continuously keeping yourself educated with. Like, cause we, like we were talking about before um, we started recording, you know, with podcasts and books and things like that. Has, has there ever been like a specific podcast or book that you've read that's like truly helped scale like the way you think or your just your business in general? I mean, I, I, I enjoy reading and listening to motivational things. Uh, you know, I'm on Facebook, but I don't really use Facebook for much more than my business and motivational stuff at this point. You know, I don't I don't really keep up with a bunch of people and things like that. It's it's to keep um, it's to keep uh, educating myself in the industry that I'm in, mm-hmm. as well as other industries that I'm interested in. Um, but I mean, obviously, like what we were talking about, uh, Grant Cardone, before, Uncle G, Uncle G, even before we were coming in, cash flow baby, cash flow baby, cash flow baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Rob, yeah, Rob Dudek was saying. Uh, uh, Goggins, so David Goggins, that's the best audio book that I've ever listened to. Uh, can't hurt me. Um, yeah. Gary V also really solid. Um, I think Gary V Gary V's business and social like marketing advice is yeah absolute gold. And then uh, Andy Frizzella, yeah. Frizzella too. Andy Frizzella, yeah. So, Frizzella. yeah. so uh, what first born right and seventy five yeah, hours things like that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, those are all podcasts. Uh, other than Joe Rogan, like I like I like listening yeah. to Rogan too. And it's not always about business, but the people that he has on a lot of times can. Whether it's health and wellness, or or business, or just motivation in general, you know, um, Jocko Willink is yeah. another guy. Yeah, just you know. One. So you, I mean, there's tons of motivation out there. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to just to, to, to do, do it. it to move. Yeah, to do just it. just to do. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the advice is just go out there and do and be smart enough to, to know that or and trust yourself enough that you can fix things along the way. You're gonna you're gonna mess some stuff up. I promise you. You know, but just can you can you figure it out? Okay, well I I did this, so now what am I gonna do? Yeah, and what's the quote? It, it was like, the richest people are the ones that messed up the most and never truly gave up. Pretty much. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's I don't know that quote exactly, but yeah, that's it that's can be spun in a million different yeah, ways. Yeah, right? that's yeah. that's that's hundred percent right. Just Cause you got you got to do right. Just not giving up and, and you afraid know. to take or you can't be afraid to take the risk, right? There's right. no what well, same things. There's there's no growth in your comfort zone, right? right? Same same sort of philosophy. Yeah. You can't. You can't go through the same process every night. I go home, I, you know, I work my nine to five, and then sit down on the couch, have dinner, you know, watch TV for three hours, and go to bed and expect things to change. Yeah, there's nothing that's going to change. Which from is that, fine so. if you're comfortable with, with that, but like nothing truly does change until you do, yeah. until you make the decision to change. Yeah. 
And I think that's... It's not just to make the decision to change, right? You can make the decision to change, but if you don't do anything about it, then you still got to start going to the gym. You, you know, if you're if you're if it's a weight loss thing, you know, you got to make changes. You got to start eating healthier. You got to start lifting mm-hmm. weights. Whatever it is, you got to do. Yeah. But you have to start doing change in mindset, then followed by action. Yeah, or or screw it the other way around. Action, yeah, <laughs> action creates the mindset. It's well, it's yeah, it can go both ways. I think whatever, but like yeah, whatever. You know, some people. They get motivated in their head and go, and other times they can, they, when they start going and they push themselves to go, they're like, hey, you know, it's not so, right. it's not so hard anymore, so. It's just like, I mean, Jocko talks about, you know, motivation versus self-discipline, right? Like, uh-huh. it's, uh, you know, there's so many good quotes about self-discipline, but, you know, self-discipline is just, you know, a form of loving yourself type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, yeah, it's just a matter of doing it, like, I don't want to do it, I do it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Going to the gym, even if you don't feel like it, or yeah. I, and look, I'm not, I'm not the most disciplined person by any means at all. But I mean, I think in business, um, I, I am fairly, I'm fairly disciplined. Yeah, I, I go to the, you know, I'm at the office five days a week, and and I'm there most of the weekends. You know, six days, Sundays, every other Sunday or so, I get off. You know, potentially. Now that it's slower, obviously, I'll, I'll have some more downtime, which is great. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for me to work six to seven days a week, uh, every week, you know, yeah. from, from March through, yeah. uh, through mid-November. So, so you're, so you were talking about like leadership, but that in itself, honestly, is very much a leader right there. At least from my perspective, seeing you, like at least seeing my boss or whoever, you know, the, the owner there has always like makes it seem like it's taken care of and like someone I want to be around because they want to take care of what's theirs and push everyone to be better so yeah I think it's it's a it's a combination of showing guys um, you know I've always thought of leadership I lead by example yeah, I'm not a great you know speak to motivate rah rah type guy like uh, I'm one of the guys like why are you screwing this up <laughs> you know unfortunately uh, but I will work just as hard as you, probably harder. You know, when it comes to actually doing the the physical yeah. labor of of the uh, of the job. So, and I won't complain too much about it either. Now, part of that is because it's it's again, it's all on me to do. At the end of the day, they don't have any skin in the game per That's se, true. right? Mm-hmm. Especially these young kids, they can go work at you know Amazon or Quick Trip as a part time cashier for eighteen bucks an hour. You know, yeah, so yeah. yeah, so it's just. Uh, but I I like to lead by example when at all possible. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think there's many managers that, like, because you're dirty as shit. <laughs> so, it's like, obviously, like, you're out there, you know, you're not just sitting in the office and expecting everybody else to do stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's like, the time of year where there's not a lot of employees. You know, my guys, and I was very clear with them, like, hey, you know, once it comes November, we don't have a ton of work. Yeah. You know, so, you know, a lot of those guys have moved on to find other jobs, and so it's, it's a little just my core five or six guys right now. Um, but that's, you know, I went home, I, I was a few minutes late getting here, but... I could have changed, right. but I wanted to show you guys that like this is true. what I do. Yeah. This yeah. this yeah. is what being a business owner is right not here. Not his true self. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is this is not just sitting behind the desk and you know trying to get some sales for my company. This is I was out there moving crap in the warehouse, you know, for five hours today, and then we loaded a trailer for a job that we got to go to at seven thirty tomorrow morning. Right. Yeah. You know, and you know, yeah, and you know, I, and I got up there at nine, and I didn't leave till five, and you know, nine to five, whatever. But we had a very short break, and we lifted a lot of heavy crap today. So you know, it is what it is. I'm not complaining about it at all, but I I wanted to show you guys For that sure, like, yeah. yeah, there's there's we appreciate that. there's some there's some side of, there's some days where I'm not gonna do crap, you know, but there's a lot of days that end up looking like this. So 
I, th- I think that society has a, a mindset of like I want to own a business and then like they think what you keep explaining like oh the, the business owner's kind of silent partner isn't really there everyone else takes care of everything yeah. for them. but it, it truly really isn't like that it's not truly like that if you build a successful business hopefully it's something Soon similar if that's your vision right yes. Yes. but you got to understand there's a trade-off if, if I'm doing less of the work I'm also getting a smaller portion of money correct right so just like anybody else if I put more of my time in I can probably scale the business mm-hmm. you know and that's the other um, aspect of, of being a business owner is that eventually if you want to scale your business you have to trust other people yeah so I have an office manager I have an operations manager um, I have a sales guy for I have a sales guy that also does a little bit of, of, uh, of some other things for me as well so I have three to four key people on the leadership side for sure. so to speak that yeah. help me keep uh, organized and in order and, and I have to trust them but that's it's a difficult thing, you know. It's a difficult thing when it's your name, your brand, something that you created from from the get go, to uh, to trust those other people that they're going to care for is is the way you do. You because it's it's not going to happen. They don't. I yeah. promise you. They, yeah. they don't yeah. care yeah. care about it the way you do, uh, which is fine though. That that's mm. you know that's the way it's the meant to. Of, that's the reality of it. It's the way it's yeah. so to speak meant to be. Now, if you can find a great employee that cares about it just as much as you, then you find a way to keep them around, keep them happy. Uh, you know, by whatever means you, you can think of, but um, for the most part, again, you know, I not you, know, you mentioned the leadership. A lot of those people are, are friends of mine, the for people sure. that I've hired. Yeah. You know, of the three people that I just mentioned, I've got you know the sales manager, office manager, and and, and operations manager. Two of the three I I've known from high school. Right. So uh, you know, it's good and bad. Uh, it's difficult to manage sometimes, but it is. Uh, I I at least trust those people to a certain extent not to screw me over or just leave me stranded you know uh, at the end of the day I, I like especially my operations manager like you know one of my best friends he's not gonna he's you know he's not gonna do that and if he does yeah so be it but he but he's not it's so. probably nice too to be able to take like a day off and because at least from my experience in the corporate world i hated taking days off because i knew when i came back i was like 20 missed calls or yeah. behind on this or that so i'm sure it's nice now being a business owner and having those individuals that you can trust to like not destroy everything is probably nice so you can kind of you know at least have a day every now and again 100 percent. yeah especially spend time with the girls or yeah especially now um in the off season you know being winter um we call it our off season more or less so uh, there'll be a lot of traveling and things like that. One of the things that we talked about, though, for next year between the operations um, operations manager and myself, uh, we're actually going to implement like a mandatory week off every nice. couple of months cool. uh, just to reset because we go, you know, it, it's not uncommon to work 50 to 60 hours, uh, especially over a busy week, you know, weekend or, or week. And so, uh, you know, every... Every two to three months, we're just going to mandatory week off. I don't care if you go somewhere or not, but you're not going to answer your phone. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to check emails. Uh, you're just going to get away and kind of reset your batteries to sure. to get back going for the next two to three months because, you know, winter's always close. It's kind of the way we look at it. You know, like we can, we got to make money while we can, so we got to grind. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we do. I love it, though. That's so. awesome. What was, like, starting out marketing-wise, how do you – how did that start? Yeah, did it start out, like, just on Facebook or – yeah, so I, I think uh, my website obviously was the first step, and so of course you want to send people there. But as you start up a website, nobody knows that you exist still. Right. So you got to get traffic to your website. How to get traffic to your website? Uh, so we started with Google Ads, um, okay. and then worked to Facebook and Facebook Ads. Uh, Facebook is a way cheaper and easier way to go right now, depending on the service and and uh, you know what's going to cost you to get customers. But I think originally 
Google was the only way that I was more or less getting businesses or getting getting business. Uh, the other way was, uh, you know, I'm, you're always looking for free ways, right? So uh, Google Marketplace is a good way to, to, it's free, you know, garage sale groups or swap shop groups, whatever they are on Facebook, yeah. Craigslist. Uh, we started doing some yard signs. You know, it's a relatively cheap option to kind of get those out, put those out at every, every stop that we do. Uh, and eventually, word of mouth will will build up, and, and you'll start getting referrals. And that's the, uh, that's the most powerful one. Right, right. And yeah. now, now we have uh, I think we have two hundred fifty seven reviews on Google, and we're four point nine rated. So Sweet. I think our next closest Good competitor is forty three or something like that. So anybody that goes to look and reads the quality of our work, they're just like, okay, there's really no choice. You know, like yeah. there may be a couple more bucks, but I trust that they'll get the job done. Yeah. And, and so, uh, like I said, between all those things kind of just rolling up now, we don't have to do the marketing per se. We don't have to spend money in Google ads and, and Facebook, but, uh, you know, we're still looking to grow different segments of the business. So uh, starting to push some money towards those other segments that we're wanting to in the bounce house and water slides type stuff will take care of itself. So expanding into the other section of business where did you see what 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 made sense i guess like when you decided because you you were doing bouncy houses and water slides and, and now you're moving more to like banquet type tabling and and, and tents and stuff because i know i remember one time you asked me about some galvanized poles or something yeah. like that so yeah that's, that's for the tent side of things so uh what led me to that again just following the numbers you know how can we grow our business there's only so many uh inflatables that i can get out uh, during a Friday or Saturday, right? Like that's Saturday is my peak time, obviously. So there's only depending on the trucks and trailers and people that I have, I've only got so many resources to expand on that uh, or be able to grow on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to, to to grow that? Well, I can do tents and tables, and I can throw a tent up on a Thursday. And even most of the time, if bad weather comes through, it's still fine on a Sunday or Monday. You know, it's 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 not going to be hurt too badly uh, by weather and things like that. So I can actually do the work well in advance of them needing it cool. um, yeah. and kind of spread my workout over the course of the week. And that's what we're doing now. Even with some of the inflatables, we deliver them early, pick them up later if we need to, whatever makes the most sense efficiency-wise for routing and things like that. But uh, also, when you're looking at a uh, you know an average bounce house order, maybe four to 500 bucks, an average tent order, probably a couple grand. Um, and so there's just, you know, yeah, it, it's going to take more time to do that. But at the same time, it's it, the margin is better on the tents. Yeah, for sure. So um, not to mention they don't wear down quite as quickly and things like that. You know, you buy good quality stuff. It'll last you a long time. You continue to rent it. You know, you wash it, take care of it, clean it, um, and then get that, co- you know, positive customer feedback and, and start growing that side. So, uh, you know, it's also something that we can do in the winter a little bit, especially the table and chairs things. You know, oh, yeah. th- Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas is coming up. We're looking Family for, yeah. All sorts of stuff that we can do indoors. That stuff we can do indoors. We can't do too many inflatables indoors even in the winter. So. Yeah, yeah. I can go to gyms, school gyms and things like that. We'll do some of that stuff when we can. But uh, the, the smaller, you know, $100, $200 table and chair order, especially if they're coming to my warehouse to pick it up, I have very limited time in it. So the margin becomes much better on that kind yes. of stuff. Bang, bang. Pick it right up. Mm-hmm. And then I bring it back. So. I'm, I'm curious because you talk about routing and everything what what got you so you seem like you took a lot of time to go into like the logistics of it all that's one of the more challenging parts of the business yeah, so yeah. it's going because logistics is such a big portion of everything that a lot of i feel like it's not realized as much so go into like logistical wise on that so you know we, we will have 25 to 30 orders on a saturday yeah. which means five to six trucks depending on the the order size and things like that for us uh so that means i'm at every part of the city, right? So I'll deliver within 30 to 40 miles and pretty much in any, tra- 
any direction. Uh, you know, we're up in the Liberty area, so. Uh, but a lot of our business is right along 35, so Oakland Park, Olathe area, or Liberty, Kansas City North area. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't end up with one in Lee Summit and one in Platte City. And then we're driving, you know, all over God's green earth. So it's very important for me to, to be able to route things efficiently so that I can save man hours, but also gas. Yes. And gas was, what, four or five bucks a gallon over the summer here killed us. Uh, so, I mean, I think at, at one point we spent over 10 grand a month in gas. So, you know, especially diesel, diesel's still not down. And yeah. we need some yeah. diesel, you know, a couple of our trucks are diesel to, to get around. So uh, it's it's important, again, I go back to the efficiency thing, right? It's important for me to be able to, to save man hours and labor hours. Um, and then also on the fuel side of things, uh, everything else, so. It, a question I have is I know one of the biggest issues I feel like young individuals have when trying to break the nine to five or start their, I guess, venture as an entrepreneur is criticism from like family and friends. You coming from an entrepreneur background, you saying your dad on your own business, mm-hmm. did you have any negative feedback from family or friends knowing that you went to UMKC and you spent money to get a master's or you have it, yeah you have it all figured like out like you have I mean I was making good money you know I was making yeah. close to a six I was making a six figure income in the corporate world you know and then I gave it all up to go do bouncy houses yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know so there's there's almost more self doubt than there was anything else like am I am I doing the right thing here is this really what I wanted to do with my life with my master's degree and everything else um, but the the reality is you know I don't this may sound bad I don't love bouncy houses. I love the process of building a business. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I tolerate the other things so that I can still continue to build a business and, and build something that I'm proud of. Um, so as far as criticism from other people, no, not necessarily. I mean, just a little bit more background. My dad gave me a mower at 14 and said, go mow. He's like, I'll, t- I'll drive you around for the first couple of years. He did lawn sprinklers and irrigation systems. So okay. he knew people that you know were already in need of the service. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I got six, seven people for you lined up. Here we go. I had a I had a tow hitch on the back of a Firebird at one point because you know I was just I, I was I was in high school and making decent money on my own just mowing yards you know and yeah. so uh, that's that's how I started my dad almost encouraged it to a certain aspect you know and I saw my dad have some flexibility with his his life and so um, yeah that's that's more or less how I got started I don't I don't think that I faced a lot of criticism from the get go you know maybe from from my wife at the time, you know, like, are you really, like, are we sure we're doing this? And then like, yeah, I'm doing this, you know, like this is, this, I know it doesn't seem like it now, but hopefully it gets me to have more freedom later. So I, I like how you said how, because I know a lot of individuals try to pursue something that they're passionate in and then end up realizing that there's not a market or any like money behind that. So I, so I like how you said like, I don't love bouncy houses, but it's a service. You gotta love the process. That's a need that makes you money. Like for instance, I'm sure guys that work concrete like don't go to bed at night dreaming of concrete right but it's a it's a job that pays well 45 50 bucks an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what i'm saying like and there's there's fewer and fewer of those guys doing the manual labor type yeah, trades yeah, right there's yeah. fewer there's fewer carpenters there's fewer electricians plumbers like all that stuff you can make so much money and especially if you do it for a couple of years and then decide to break off and, and do your own thing yeah. you know or, or whatever there's there's so much uh money to be made in those types of areas so um so i guess Wrapping up, um, do you have any words of encouragement or any words of advice for individuals that are, you know, either contemplating going to school or, I, I mean, because I know that's 
It's up. To, it's totally up to them. When you think, because I mean, you look at the guys like Gary Vee or or whoever else that say like college is a waste of time and, and things like that. But obviously, with you going to school, your financial you know experience and things like that have yeah. probably helped you scale your business now in a sense. Yeah, I think it helps me look at the data. You know, yeah. I, I yeah. you know I'm very data driven. Um, I I do enjoy numbers uh, in general, and so. Do to go back to your question, what would I say to somebody you know about college or schooling in general? I would say it depends. Just like Gary Vee, probably I'd hate to be exactly like him, but uh, I don't care for college much. I'm not going to push my kids for college. Right. If they need a nursing degree, if they need, if they're going, if they want to be a doctor, sure. if they want to be uh, even an accountant, you know, great, go. You need to go to school. Yeah, you know, yeah, like you have. Yeah. There's no, there's almost not any sort of uh, other plan for you besides the current college situation. Um, however, if you want to go into the business world or don't know what you want to do, which is most of the population that goes yeah, to school, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. Um, you know, don't. Go out there, get some real-world experience. Try two or three things. Try something for six months, and then go to another job for six months. Go to another job for six months. If you find something you like, stay. Right. You know, and, and figure out what it is that you enjoy about it. Is it something that you can enjoy for a career, or is it something that you just enjoy right now? Yeah. You know, I always say, or I, I always tell myself anyway, that if I could go back and do things over again, you know, starting from the get-go, like from high school age, or I just graduated high school, what would I do? You know, I would, I would, I would maybe do something that I could, you know, and it seems seems like it'd be nice would probably be terrible doing it but live in an RV and just travel around and remote work yeah you know yeah. like have my kayak on top and you know my yeah. bed in the back of my Mercedes van or whatever it is you know the sprinter yeah the sprinter <laughs> whatever I mean that seems like it'd be so uh, so nice but you know you wake up and it's just a different you know every yeah. few months you're driving someplace yeah. else beautiful yeah. And, yeah. and doing it but I'm sure it's not quite as uh, uh, lavish as it, it yeah. seems either so but uh, and, you know, if, but again, I could try that. Mm-hmm. You know, you got no responsibility. God, if, if you guys, if you don't have responsibilities, if you don't have kids, you don't have a mortgage, you don't have these other things. Now is the time to sure, go out and do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Try as many things as you can until you find something. What is it? Uh, I don't know. Lots of successful people will talk about. You know, you only need one. You, really you only need one idea only, that, yeah. that pops off. You can fail nine times, and then the tenth time, you know, and then they, they'll tell you all about. You know, the the KFC founder didn't start his business till like 60 and yeah. you know all these people that are older when they start you know there is no wrong time per se Never. but when you have these when you don't have these liabilities not liabilities sorry didn't mean that kids uh, <laughs> when you don't have these responsibilities now mm-hmm. is the time sure. to, to yeah, do yeah. as much as you can yeah you look at people like I I'm mean, a big proponent in that yeah so story I mean Oprah or like Steve Harvey all these <laughs> individuals that like didn't really have it Figured out. End quote, figured out until <laughs> yeah. like their mid 30s or 40s and stuff like that. And now, you know, they're multi-millionaires. multi-millionaires, awesome figures that people look up to and things like that. So, and it's crazy too to think that at 18, you know, you get sent to a school and you're sat down in front of an academic advisor and they're like, all right, here, pick from. Mm-hmm. You know, pick from these four or five categories or whatever that you think you're like. That, that yeah. you think you're like, and now that's what you're going to be for the rest of your life. Yeah, we were talking about that. You know, the the education system has some changes coming to it. It just it has will, to, um, especially on the even the high school level. Uh, we were talking about that as I was working out this morning. Honestly, with yeah. some of the some of the other uh, people that were working out, we we're just talking about how you know why do we we need more that used to call it home ec when I was in school, but whatever, life skills. So we need more finance-related classes. Why are we teaching geometry? You know, like, yeah. there's 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 trade-offs that, that are going to have to be made because, I mean, every statistic will show that the, the 
the number of kids going through high school is less and less. The number of people going to college is less and less. Mm-hmm. So eventually, the financial life, um, you know, financially, especially colleges, won't be able to make it. I mean, finan- like colleges, in my opinion, are just government-run institutes for the most part. They're all funded by government loans, Pretty right? Much, so, yeah. uh, so there's there's a fine line there of, of of keeping them separate. But anyway, so yeah, the education system will have to change, and hopefully, it changes for the better. Um, you know, there's teachers are underpaid. 100 percent you know but at the same time they're being handcuffed by curriculum that they have to teach and have to get good scores on tests so that they can get more money for the district and you know there's all sorts of a whole other (laughs) (laughs) right 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 so so my thing is just do what you feel i guess you you know what you want to do uh don't be afraid to but like that's one advice i can give you guys as well um you know and what qualifies me to give it? I don't know, but but uh, don't you're, be afraid. You're on our podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't be afraid to bet on yourself, right? That's you know people talk about. Well, what is your best skill as an entrepreneur? My best skill is not being afraid to bet on myself. Absolutely. I think that I'm intelligent enough to, to work on the fly and make adjustments, and, you know, and kind of read the data that I, that I have available to me and make the best decision possible. And I believe that it'll be a good decision. And so at the end of the day, I trust in myself to to do those things. And again, it just goes back to my my you know my uh, business plan. You know, awesome. I don't know what this is going to do, but, you know, I, I believe I that I can, myself. I trust myself to make adjustments yeah. on the fly. Yeah. So, because if you can't, you won't succeed in business. Well, that, that was honestly a fantastic episode. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sean, for coming by, stopping in. Obviously, we haven't, I haven't seen you in forever. <laughs> it's good. To, it's good for Connor to meet you. Yep. Thank you for giving us such good advice and opening kind of your mind to like how a true business is really run because a lot of people truly don't know. Yeah. So, we're excited. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, if you want to go ahead, what, yeah, if you want to plug your, yeah. your your website or yeah. your social Facebook and everything, yeah, yeah CaseyPartyRentals.com uh, is the website, and obviously our, our Instagram and, and Facebook links and or connections and things like that. All all Casey Party Rentals. So awesome. uh, go on there, check it out. If you need something, let us know. We're glad to help. All right, man. Well, we appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You, yeah. And as always, stay, stay steady. steady. <laughs>